0: You're listening to the versus node podcast presented by gamernode.com. Welcome to episode 2 of Gamer Nodes vs. Node podcast. My name is Eddie Enzotto, website director at GamerNode.com and I'm here with Christos Reed, columnist and British magician. How are you, Christos? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm, I'm absolutely fine. I'm fresh out of Hogwarts. I've got my wand in my hand.
0: <laughs> no, I'm, awesome. I'm, good. I'm good. How are you? Excellent. It's been... Besides some, uh, technical difficulties around GamerNode, things have been going well for me, personally.
1: <laughs> it's good to, hear. the technical difficulty has been, be most interesting, but, you know, it's all good in the technological hood. Mm. At the moment.
0: Yeah. Actually, that's, that's probably our number one story for this week's podcast, wouldn't you say? We had a little bit of a hard drive failure and lost some data but um, we're working hard to get the site back up. We have a brand new design in the works, and it should be fully functional here in the next uh, couple days to a week, something like that. And we're going to add a lot of new features and have a lot of new content and hopefully uh, just keep on moving up in the video game journalism world. Definitely.
1: Definitely. I think it will be um, it'll be really interesting to see sort of where the site goes and definitely interesting to see um, <laughs> who's, uh, whose columns reappear and whose don't. Right. As I think there were, there are a few people that lost a bit of content, but I'm sure the game and Odecrawl band together to make sure everyone gets their stuff back up.
0: Absolutely. And you saw the new design, right? So what yeah. would you say? Do you think uh, listeners have something to look forward
1: to? Definitely, we're looking very sharp, very swish. My personal favourite is those clickable buttons that change the picture on front page. Any any site that has a clickable button that will slide pictures back and forth is well, that's instant epic win in my book.
0: Easily amused.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: What else is going on in in the news lately?
1: Well. First off, we've got the, uh, the final emergence and disastrous presentation of, uh, Duke Nukem Forever. Yes. uh, which is a, which is a nightmare. I think you were following the actual, uh, split up of 3D Realms, weren't you, Eddie? A little
0: bit. So, what exactly happened? They had published a new video, which was really nothing, and now, what does it take to,
1: is suing them? for never delivering after 13 years or so? Apparently, according to Take-Two, in a sort of paraphrased quote, they say Apogee continually delayed the completion date for the Duke Nukem Forever. They repeatedly assured Take-Two and the video gaming community that it was diligently working towards completing development of the PC version of Duke Nukem Forever, which is kind of a shame, because admittedly, yeah, they have taken 12, 13 years, but... I don't really remember this level of lawsuits or all going on with 2Human, which was quite baffling, because at least Duke Nukem looks like it's coming together now, if you saw the recent video. Whereas, oh, does it?
0: You... All I saw were just a few 3D models doing kind of
1: nothing. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I mean, this is what I mean. I mean we had a trailer absolutely ages ago which just gave us nothing in the same way that the StarCraft True Trader gave us absolutely nothing. But now we've got a video that says, you know, we haven't been doing nothing. And I think that's why they put all the the models in, just to say, you know, we've done this and this and this, and we animated the pig in 13 years, so therefore, please don't don't call the lawyers. Yeah,
0: and um, just so everybody listening knows, Apogee software is the same thing as... Probably more commonly uh, heard name, 3D Realms.
1: I think Take Two are being a little unfair there. Really, it was quite painful to watch 3D Realm shut down. Mm. I was probably one of the few people I knew that wasn't brought up on Duke Nukem. I was a Doom child. Uh. It was it was a shame. I mean, I remember seeing the games for the first time, being really shocked. I'm like, oh my god, there, are, you know, there are strippers, and he's talking, and it was very sort of, it broke the fourth wall a lot, and I think it would be a shame.
0: So what else has happened? Actually, another studio closed, Factor 5, officially uh, shut down as well. Yeah. Which is uh, really sad to a lot of people, I'm sure, because Factor 5 has been known to put together a lot of really well-received games. I, I wasn't actually a big fan of um, a lot of the spaceflight games, but... Um, Supposedly, a whole lot of people really love their stuff.
1: Yeah, Maybe it's not true. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I mean, it's it's a shame to see a lot of companies shut down. I mean, we've had them go. Luckily, uh, Crytek have started picking up uh, Free Radical, which is very mm. lucky because otherwise we would have lost franchises like Time Splitters, which would have been a massive shame. Factor 5 are gone. Uh, NeverSoft are gone. And it just feels like all of the ones that we were brought up with are shutting down,
0: Mm. which is
1: a shame. And not to mention the companies that are around are pulling out of E3, which is really strange. Yeah, that's right. As Atari don't seem to actually... Well, they're attending, but they're not attending in a um, exhibitor capacity, which is... Mm -hmm quite surreal, but I'm imagining that probably has something to do with Ghostbusters, as they uh, don't seem to want to uh, release it in a natural order, which I'm sure uh, PlayStation 3 fanboys out there are very, very happy with.
0: It's interesting, though, that they're doing that. I wonder if they might give a last-minute invitation to members of the gaming press that they're having their own private event at a hotel nearby because some of the other companies did that last year. And actually last year one of the most uh, amusing displays was um, high voltage software showing off the conduit um, just in the cafeteria at the L.A. Convention Center with a Wii dev kit and a little screen. It was really pretty amusing. I, I played the game while I was eating a turkey sandwich.
1: <laughs> that's that's fantastic. I love that whole way of advertising. I was, um, I was at a talk recently about digital distribution um, held by gamesindustry.biz, and there was a developer there that was talking about turning up at E3 and GDC and just literally running around putting stickers everywhere, advertising oh, games, nice. rather than exhibiting the game itself, which I thought was fantastic, because to me that says Underground Death Metal Band, as opposed to... Yeah, viral. <laughs> exactly. Though so I'm hoping uh, I'm hoping we get to see a bit more of Brutal Legend, actually, talking of Underground Death Metal.
0: Yes, Brutal
1: Legend looks great. As does anything from Tim Schafer, I think, really. I'm really happy that got picked up. Sony reporting a a billion dollar loss Which is quite painful I was having a debate about this the other day actually, As to whether or not The uh, Playstation 3 Cost Sony money For every console that they sold And I was I argued for and I was argued against Not because I'm a Microsoft person by any means But more because To me it seems a shame really That they put this much effort into a console And they're losing money but now not on top of that, they're losing sales in Japan. They've just lost a billion dollars. They're really not having a fun time of it at the moment. So I'm I'm curious as to whether their PS3 price drop is still going to happen. To be honest,
0: mm. yeah, actually the the PS2 really fell off, especially, and that was a they sold as many PS2s, more PS2s than PS3s in 07 and uh, now that's really dropped off, and the PS3 hasn't really picked up, so the balance is way off as a result.
1: It's true, I mean, it's it's just such a massive shame, because the PS2 came out so, so, so long ago, and it's still here, it's still selling loads of consoles, it's just dropped to, I believe, 99 or 100 euros in Europe, I don't believe the price drop has carried over to the UK, but, it's such a solid console and it's still got games coming out for it and it seems a shame that they're trying to move on. But it's, it's difficult because at first, obviously when the PS3 first came out they had, the, it, there was a lack of launch titles in the same way that all the launch titles for the GameCube were supposedly going to be these amazing experiences from Nintendo and then obviously instead of Mario we got Luigi's Mansion which I personally preferred but obviously mm-hmm. people didn't. But yeah, the industry's been pretty hectic this week. I mean, everyone's gearing up for E3, so obviously everything's really quiet on the news front because no one wants to say anything so soon before. But obviously, I'm sure you'll be picking up tons of information on your travels.
0: Hopefully. Have you seen the the photos of the rumored PS3 Slim?
1: I have, actually. What do you think of those? I'm very skeptical, but what I'm really happy about, more than anything else, more than the slim, more than the reduced price, more than anything, is the fact that they have gotten rid of that stupid Spider-Man font.
0: <laughs> I knew you were gonna say that. It's maybe, you know maybe they've gotten rid of it if it's legit. These yeah. these pictures are so like grainy that it's hard to really believe them, but it's possible.
1: That's true. I mean. The Area 51 Roswell conspiracy has had more believable Photoshop work than this has, but I just think that the PS2 font was very mature, very sleek, very adult. And then we had Spider-Man. And it wasn't (laughs) just them taking the piss, it was literally the font from Spider-Man, and I just thought, well, that was pretty lazy for the most hyped console, because, I mean, you can say what you will about the Wii and the 360, but... Everyone was massively curious about the PS3, and I think probably more so than any other current generation console, bar the Wii's name, obviously, but I think Mm. that was probably just more of a shock tactic, and poor grammatical planning on the part of the Japanese. So there's lots happening in the industry, I suppose you could argue it's pretty quiet compared to normal, but... If by quiet you mean companies shutting down, companies announcing huge losses, and new new versions of consoles, <laughs> mo- motion capture cameras for the Xbox surfacing, yeah, yeah, mm. it's really, it's it's really down. This week and last week, I was really engaged by uh, the Golden Joystick Awards as well. Oh yes,
0: that's right, and that's uh, actually our topic for this week: what deserves to win, or what the issues are in. in On my part, I'd like to say what the issues are with, I guess, community-voted awards, but among, you know, in the middle of saying all that, I will give my choices as well. Before we get to that, is there anything you've been playing for the past
1: couple of weeks? Plants vs. Zombies, almost exclusively. Can I just say before we go any further, I hate tower defense games. I really, ever since they first showed up on Newgrounds, they have been the scourge of my gaming collection. I can't stand them, simply because it's so repetitive. But then I thought, Plants vs. Zombies kind of sounded silly, and I bought it because I was in a silly mood. And then I started playing it, and I realised why PopCap games sell so well, which is that they've once again taken a really simple concept and made it so much better than any smaller developer is ever going to make it. It was... No, it was, it was a really good game. I had a lot of content, and it was very funny. I think, really, the highlight for me wasn't actually the Tower Defense. The highlight for me were all the individual mini-games, which were, in fact, rip-offs of other games. So you had Begouled, Begouled Twist, Aquarium, <laughs> uh, and just loads of PopCrap rip-offs. You had... There was even a tribute to Valve. There was a a, a portal version of Tower Defense.
0: Nice. I haven't actually played Plants vs. Zombies, but I've seen the videos, and it it looks fairly amusing, even though I'm not a big tower defense fan myself.
1: Yeah. No, it was, it was good. Well, what have you been playing this week?
0: Oh, I'm guilty once again. I got the PC version of Braid. <laughs> 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 and uh, that's pretty much the only... I haven't been playing a whole lot of video games the past couple of weeks, but when I do... It's right there on my desktop and I can't resist sometimes.
1: It's true. I mean, I finished Plants vs. Zombies, I finished the adventure mode, I finished survival and everything else and I got most of my achievements and I was feeling pretty, uh, pretty bored with it at that point because I'd done everything that was new. But I'm still logging on to it every day because you have a little garden you get afterwards where you water your plants every time you switch the game on. And sometimes I'll just be sitting there and I have nothing to do for the next 30 seconds to a minute and I think, oh, I'll just water my plants. Mm. Which is a little scary. But I completely understand the braid thing. I mean, I've not, in all honesty, touched it in so long. But I do want to go back because I haven't got all my puzzle pieces. And that, that still nags at me to this day.
0: It always does. I love that game. Anyway, let's move on to these joystick awards. So, how do you feel about the Golden Joystick Awards in general?
1: I think they're good. I mean, I've got to admit, the choices for this year are a little weird. I know you're peeved because, uh, Braid wasn't in, wasn't in some of the lists that it should have been. There was such a wide range, I just wish they'd left out games that No one is going to vote for. I mean, Ubisoft are a wonderful company that makes so many good games, but for Christ's sake, really. (laughs) Game of the The Imagine series? I don't think so.
0: (laughs) Well, this is the long list in in the Golden Joysticks defense, and they're going to have a short list in the future. Yeah. But still, I definitely have problems with the Golden Joystick Awards myself. And really inherently any awards based on the selections of the general public are going to be flawed cuz they misrepresent what what's actually the best out there cuz not everyone plays every game and a lot of gamers only have one or two consoles and people are like underqualified to vote on certain categories just for other reasons like the the best family game which is the first one on the list like I don't have a wife and kids, so I can't really offer an honest opinion on what would be best for a family. I can look at the list, and I can say that Little Big Planet is the best game of all of them in my opinion, and that I think the cutesy, customizable sackboys, and the user-created levels, and the cooperative gameplay is perfect for a family. But maybe Chronicles of Narnia is really the best for keeping your five-year-old into gaming, so I would leave that one for families only to vote on
1: you make a really good point i mean personally for me i cho- I chose lego indiana jones but i chose that because i played it Lex played it i then got it for her dad on the nintendo ds he's mm-hmm. played the hell out of it he's unlocked everything and it's just one of those games where you can really sink a lot of people into because it's not that hard the main problem's I think, with it in the end, with the fact that there are small glitches that would be oblivious to a lot of people, but to three-year-olds, it's going to frustrate them. Like, for example, if there are two little Lego people and one slips off the edge and dies, he'll respawn in front of the same person and then slip off the ledge and die again Mm. because the collision detection is bad. And that's a real shame because I can imagine a kid getting really irritated at that. But at the same time... The LEGO games are always at such a high standard. I just wish they'd stop being so repetitive, because I didn't like LEGO Star Wars that much, I've got to be honest. It was very focused on the original trilogy, and <laughs> however hate mail I might get for this, I I have not seen any of the original trilogy outside of episode 4. I've seen the first three episodes, and I love them. Everything felt very half assed with Lego Star Wars. Like they didn't really know if the concept was going to work or not. And then with Lego Indy, it was a lot smoother. And Obviously, everyone's seen Indiana Jones. Everyone can relate to Indiana Jones a lot easier than they can relate to Star Wars, even though technically it's made by the same person. But yeah. hmm.
0: That's interesting. I wonder if that's really true. I'd like to hear listeners' opinions on which series they can relate to in that indiana jones a real guy on the planet earth but which one would they be more familiar with i don't know i feel like star wars is more popular among all the people who i know
1: well i mean by there's not so much whether it's whether it's present whether everyone's aware of star wars because i think mm-hmm. i don't actually think it's possible <laughs> at this point not to be aware of star wars it's everywhere the references are everywhere you can't enjoy TV or science fiction or video games without hearing about Star Wars. Or apparently you can't be a homosexual according to a uh, certain company if, if you're into Star Wars. So I'll stop being spiteful now. But Indiana Jones, to me, there are a group of people in the 70s who absolutely loves the original trilogy. There are a group of people my age who sort of grew up along with the original trilogy. And the new one, but more so the new one. Whereas, I don't know, Indiana Jones is more identifiable, I think, as a as a human being. I just think to, right, kid, okay. to kids, he's less complex because there aren't a thousand different races, there aren't lightsabers. There's just a guy with a hat and a whip and some friends, and he wants a gold shiny thing. And what <laughs> kids don't want gold shiny things?
0: Going adventuring through the jungle and
1: it's true, whatever. That's yeah. true. You know, a kid's, a five-year-old's not gonna get the concept of incest between Luke and Leia. <laughs> <laughs> and uh,
0: I, I was just adventuring through the woods in upstate New York yesterday, so I definitely relate.
1: <laughs> I was just gonna ask you what your uh, handhold was, but <laughs> great mind seemed to think I like.
0: That's exactly what I was gonna ask you. Um, well, actually at first I thought there was a big problem, but it turned out to just be the fact that the mid-year Nature of these awards Made things very unclear About the period for which They're recognizing games
1: mm.
0: So I didn't see God of War Pat upon 2 was there So it sort of cleared it up uh, I deduced that These awards are for the period between May 2008 And May 2009 Unfortunately I haven't played Pat Upon 2 Which I would expect To be my choice here But I'd feel dishonest to choose it and I'm not really well-versed in all the games on the list. I don't really feel very strongly about what I think is the best. But out of what's there and from what I've actually played, I'd choose either Professor Layton, but that wasn't even released in the past year in the United States. <laughs> so I would go with either Chrono Trigger or possibly Castlevania. I could flip a coin. I'm <laughs> going to flip a coin right now. And it's up! It's up! Oh, I didn't, I didn't assign Heads or Tails. Okay, Heads is Chrono, Trigger, Tails is Castlevania. Castlevania, that's my choice.
1: <laughs> Fair enough. I was generic. Uh, I went with Pokemon Platinum. I've been thinking about this a lot lately because my intention is to get a DSi as soon as possible. I had a DS, and I sold it, which was possibly one of the stupidest financial moves I've ever made in my life. <laughs> Mainly because I, yeah, I sold it for... Fifty pounds, what? Seventy mm-hmm. dollars-ish. With Phoenix Wright and Animal Crossing, and all these really, really good games. But now I'm coming back to the DS. I'm thinking, what well, I've covered these games. I don't really need to revisit any of them. But our Animal Crossing, um, the Pokémon Platinum drew me to it because I'm thinking nowadays I want to experience Pokémon, but I don't want to have to buy two copies to experience everything. To me, that sounds even even when I was what ten, eleven, and there was Pokémon Red and Blue. I thought so. You know, I I have both, but I only play Blue, which is stupid because I thought to myself, "Well, this is a little extortionate," but this yeah. is this is good because it proves that you know uh, Game Freak are introducing ten-year-olds the idea of extortion, which is fantastic because that's when pocket yeah. <laughs> pocket money comes into play. So it's these combination games. I mean, when I was Slightly older, Gold and Silver came out, and they're being remade now, with thoroughly dramatic retitling. I remember being given uh, Crystal by a friend that had just got back from the States, and I thought, okay, I'll give this a go. And then instantly it occurred to me, well, this is the two games in one cartridge, but with extra stuff on top of that. So I thought, well, Platinum's the same thing. I mean, I'm sad that there are now probably... More Pokemon and listen carefully. More Pokemon in the Pokemon series than there are people with swine flu. <laughs> I must make this very clear. In fact there are probably more Pokemon in the original hundred and fifty one than there are people with genuine swine flu. But it just seems like a like a robust choice. I mean the quality of the games has never actually dipped, if anything, it's just increased. But mm-hmm. what about mobile games of the year? <laughs> Okay,
0: uh, call me a snob or an elitist or whatever. But I don't even consider mobile games in my daily gaming thoughts. The only ones to me that are even worthwhile are iPhone games, and I don't have an iPhone, so I don't play any mobile games. I have absolutely no opinion on this category.
1: I was trying really hard to have an opinion, because <laughs> I have owned mobile phones with games on them but this is mm-hmm. clearly just not... I just think it's such a horrific word, because in the States, it's a cell phone. Over here, it's a mobile phone. Mm-hmm. Mobile Game of the Year is next to Handheld Game of the Year, and I'm looking at the two words, and I'm thinking, but, really? Isn't that But uh-huh. No, I don't have an iPhone either. Frankly, considering what just happened to my, uh, my uh, wonderful video iPod, I don't really trust Apple's uh, hardware anymore enough to get one, but uh-huh. I chose rolando because i went you know i've seen videos i've been to see the guy speak in person it's it's like braid in the sense that it was one guy with a really solid idea who got an artist in and said look i've got this vision for the game because you've probably seen the original what braid looked like before he got an artist in mm-hmm. and as, good as the game is it was pretty horrific but he got an artist and he did the game and it was released and it's it's a good example of what you can do with the iPhone. I mean, it's it's an impressive piece of hardware. I just... I really... I don't know if it's the same in the US, but over here, only one uh, network provider provides the iPhone. So you have to be with them. So if you're not yeah, with them... Yeah, same thing over here. Yeah, it's it's the exclusivity. And obviously, if you crack the iPhone, you then can't get updates. And mm. I mean, if you can't get updates, they'll probably find some way to kick you off the store. I could be wrong, but... That doesn't really seem that far beyond Apple, mainly because when my iPod gave out, I had, you know, hundreds and hundreds of pounds worth of iTunes bought music on it, but obviously because the iPod gave out when I switched computers, I had no way of proving that the music was mine. <laughs> mm. So through, you know, Apple's odd sort of DRM copywriting policy I have now, <laughs> they've cost me more than it would cost me to get an iPhone and finance it for a year, so... <laughs> <laughs> I'm staying away from them. What about multiplayer?
0: This one's sorta of tough. Little Big Planet, Left 4 Dead, and Street Fighter 4 are all great. When it comes down to raw multiplayer competition though, Street Fighter 4 takes it, I think, over the cooperative play of the others. Which is kinda of funny because normally I prefer co-op, but I went with Street Fighter 4, cause Street Fighter is just that good.
1: <laughs> I completely understand. I mean, I went with Left 4 Dead. Um, okay. mainly because I've not really played Street Fighter 4 that much, which frustrates me because it it I really, really want to, but I've been so swamped with working games recently I've sort of been pouring myself out to oblivion <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and Plants uh, vs. Zombies, but that's pretty much it. But Left 4 Dead, to me, is something that I still play. The only thing that saddens me is I haven't yet had the opportunity. I played it with me and somebody else that I know and I speak to, mm-hmm. but I haven't played it with... Four people that I know or speak to and it's, I would assume, probably a far better experience because if you're going to encourage teamwork to that degree, putting servers where random people are getting mixed together tends to spoil the experience.
0: Right, yeah, the game, I think, was meant to be played by a group of friends who know each other, who want to embark on this journey with one another and trying to survive a zombie invasion, as opposed to just random people who you don't know and you barely talk to while you're playing and you can't really coordinate with well.
1: Yeah, I mean, they had a really good concept, I just felt like it was really, narrative-wise, it was really broken because they had this amazing introductory sequence. There mm-hmm. was The production quality was really high. It, you know, it, it had Gabe Newell all over the dialogue. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you then got in, and you, know, you escape from the hospital in a helicopter, and then you arrive somewhere else in the next campaign. I'm thinking, would it really have been that difficult to have a shortcut scene where, I don't know, for example, the uh, helicopter pilot succumbs to infection, crashes a helicopter, and then you arrive at the next place. It didn't seem like a... It's not too far-fetched. Yeah, it would have taken, you know, five minutes to script it, but... Actually, interestingly enough, Left 4 Dead source kit was released uh, today or yesterday, Mm -hmm. which I think is going to turn it from a multiplayer experience into more of a sort of Gary's Mod style of exploration of what can be done. Because now... Everyone can create their own Left 4 Dead levels, and I think that's going to be fascinating because I would like to see what the director, the AI director, does to four people that don't know each other in, for example, an empty arena that just has doors all around the side to release zombies.
0: Oh, definitely, that would be wild.
1: Definitely. What about Nintendo game of the year? This is hot. (laughs)
0: It's an interesting category, because it's basically asking, what's the best Wii or DS game? And I don't feel like there's really been much that's impressed me on the Wii. Uh, I haven't played Mad World, and I'm not a big world of goo lover like a lot of people. And everything else was really not very exciting. So I'm probably going to have to go with another Chrono Trigger or Castlevania coin flip, <laughs> and here we go Oh, this time Chrono Trigger won Although uh, Mega Man 9 Mega Man 9 was pretty good too But I'll go Me- Chrono Trigger because it's timeless
1: Mega Man is a sadistic Gaming experience oh, Uh I loved it It was, uh, I think Sinan and Joe on the uh, Big Row Potion podcast were talking about uh, Death in games uh, And Joe is talking about death In Mega Man actually being a gameplay mechanic <laughs> um, it's so common. It is. It really is. I mean, for me, it was uh, Super Mario RPG, but that's because when I was messing around when I was younger with sprites and sprite comics, and you know, everyone knew how to recolor Sonic to make him, you know, pink with a bow tie or whatever. Mm-hmm. I had a set of sprites that I'd never seen before that were from this isometric viewpoint. Of Mario and Bowser, and I'm thinking this looks like something out of an RPG, but there's no Mario RPG.
0: That Could was a-, a great game, though.
1: Yeah, and I found out, and I was, ah, like, oh, Japan only. That sucks. And then I had about people in America that had it, and I did. I never emulated it, and now it's come out over here, and I just think that's that concept is wonderful because, the, you know, uh, Paper Mario: The Thousand Year Door, the prequel to that. It's a really strong role-playing universe, I think. Mm hmm Mushroom Kingdom. I think it's got a lot of really solid characters. The humor's very good. Mm hmm But it's such a shame that games like that and, you know, Earthbound and things constantly seem to get trapped in the land of the rising sun.
0: Right. Yeah, maybe I'll agree with you on that uh, for the Nintendo Award. I think Super Mario RPG is definitely a, a worthy winner. So... I have a top four in that category. <laughs> but no, no clear winner.
1: So what about the uh, the uh, one to watch? Uh,
0: here, Assassin's Creed 2 comes immediately to mind. Because it looks like it's going to take everything that was great about the first game and keep it and remedy everything that wasn't great about it. So it could end up being a perfect game. I, I really enjoyed Assassin's Creed, even with all the repetition. But imagine removing all of the bad stuff and just augmenting it with really good narrative and missions that span a number of cities, and I think you'll have a really amazing game there. And then there's Brutal Legend and Alan Wake and Heavy Rain and probably some other games that I haven't even paid attention to. <laughs> <laughs> so, it, again, it's it's hard for me to say, really. But if I had to choose one, probably Assassin's Creed 2. Fair enough. But you know what? This brings up another flaw in asking the general public to vote on these things. Because there are games that I may not have even heard about yet that are really games to watch. And mm. I feel like a lot of people, they have varying levels of awareness about what's in the pipeline. So it's sort of a, a false victory For whichever game does win
1: It's true I mean, for me it was quite a difficult choice There are a lot of really good games coming out uh, Mass Effect 2 ended up being my, my decision mm. Simply because the trailer nearly gave me And uh, columnist, uh, game note, uh, Jason Finelli A uh, heart attack, <laughs> quite frankly uh, the rumour that Commander Shepard could be dead, not just because he's such a great character, because he is, or she, but also because I just thought, oh my god, you know, like several hundred hours of my life are just gone. <laughs> there is no continuation. But um, on Casey Hudson's uh, blog on IGN, he states, he says, uh, oh, and I've heard some rumours that Commander Shepard is dead. Better not be. We had a lot of big plans made. So if someone's gone and killed Shepard, then things are going to take an unexpected turn. Mm. And, that's like, and now they've released a uh, a run-up to E3 video the other day, which has loads and loads of uh, shots of everything from heavy weapons, and I quote Casey here, that will kill enemies a thousand times over Robots, yes. dogs. Sleeker-looking robots that are probably not geth. And the most dramatic shot of all, which is a man in full vacuum armor who looks very suspiciously like Commander Shepard walking through a ruined, completely destroyed Hulk in space, open to space. And obviously, as he walks through, it becomes more and more apparent that he's actually walking through the wreck of the Normandy. Mm. And I just love the fact that they gave us this amazing gaming experience the first time around and now the second time around, you know, they're making me, you know, go absolutely crazy every time I see a trailer. It's really it's really quite exciting. And obviously they're gonna have hands on at E three, which is the most exciting prospect of all because I just really want to see if everything works. I I would love to see the console version get the same degree of control over other people as the PC version was given. I just want to see how it pans out, really, and I want to find out what happens to Commander Shepard, I suppose. Yeah, I guess, knowing you, it's all about the narrative. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's a good storyline. I mean, Amazon made the faux pas of putting up the uh, storyline synopsis on their site. Oh, and no. They, they <laughs> yeah, the words, uh, to quote, the word suicide mission particularly stood out for me. And also the fact that the synopsis made it blatantly obvious that he wasn't dead, but I just thought that it it's been really well uh marketed whether virally or normally. Right. Um but yeah, I'm I'm definitely looking forward to that. But as for uh online game of the year, it's it's the same. It's left for dead for me, so feel free to talk away.
0: Well this is sort of my cop out vote because World of Warcraft is pretty much the online game of the century. I personally enjoyed Left 4 Dead more, as well as the unlisted but heavily online-based games, Little Big Planet mm. and Street Fighter 4, because I mean we just talked about them as multiplayer games, and they're all online. So that that's really interesting that they weren't listed there. But really, wow has had the biggest impact on the greatest number of players and the industry itself. Yeah. So I I would feel remiss in not choosing that, you know?
1: Definitely. I mean, whether you like it, whether you don't like it, whether you play it, whether you don't, you can't really deny 11 million paid subscribers, God knows how many trial accounts, worldwide competitions, huge money prizes. I mean, they have created a legend in the gaming industry and I mm-hmm. think they have they should have nothing but pride for themselves. I think it does deserve yeah. online game of the year probably for the rest of the time it's running. So I'm interested to note that they're planning on announcing their uh, next MMO IP soon, which obviously as it's an IP, they're probably not going to be World of Starcraft as they rumored on an April Fool's Day so long ago but I don't really see them making... I don't see the point. I mean, really, if you've made World of Warcraft, why make another MMO? You're never going to make another MMO with the same appeal. So I'm thinking either it's going to be really niche or it's going to fail, I suppose. Mm.
0: Um, Could be.
1: It's true. I mean, as for PC Game of the Year, it
0: was Fallout 3 for me. Yeah, this one was actually very easy for me. Until I realized that there was a game absent from the list <laughs> of what's offered, Fallout three was definitely my choice, but where's braid? Braid was definitely released this past April on the pc it's disgraceful. and 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 even if even if you foolishly fail to realize that it's the best PC game of the year <laughs> <laughs> I mean it's at least better than the likes of Bella Serra. At, or whatever other games they had on there, so come on, not even a nomination? Yeah. Um, I didn't even vote for that one, because I couldn't write in,
1: Raid <laughs> Show Jonathan Blow some love, indeed. I mean, for me, Fallout 3, I could go on about Fallout 3 for days, I have my columns, I mean, for me, I think it was just the fact that every single time I played uh, a Bethesda title, I played it through to the end. I thought, oh, God, that was so great. But, oh, I really wish I had it on PC because of the extra content. Um, Right. And obviously you had the um, very cleverly named Gek. uh, Yeah. Mod kit, which probably expands the universe even more. I mean, the most fascinating mod I've seen for Fallout 3 so far is something that essentially just recreates the entire game as it would look if it was covered in grass and trees and forests. essentially makes Fallout 3... But with the scenery of Oblivion And it looked fantastic But it was mm-hmm. such a gruelling experience It was. It affected me quite, I think, deeply All the different narrative choices And um, the unexpected ending and things like that And obviously Liam Neeson I mean, you can't yeah. not be affected by Liam Neeson <laughs> I
0: definitely loved that game mm. um, I mean, I wouldn't have gotten it on anything other than a PC unless I was running an absolutely piss-poor system that couldn't play the game at all simply because of all those mods.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think you'll hear a lot of arguments about which game was written best, which game was written worst, but bar the opening, uh, Andrew Ryan's opening speech in Bioshock, I think the war never changes speech. I mm-hmm. think it was very prolific in the way that it really did just put that thought out there. I mean, when I was wandering around, you know, this is, this is somewhere everybody knows. I mean, I've been to Washington, D.C. I've walked around the White House when it mm. was, when you were still able to go on tours. And I'm thinking the whole time I'm playing, you know, Jesus Christ, this is this is really quite scary. If you remove all the baddies, I mean, I would love to play that with no enemies. So I think I'd be even more scared. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, as for PlayStation Game of the Year, I mean, I don't... I personally don't own a PS3, so or a PlayStation 2 for that matter. So I said Little Big Planet because it looked cute, and I left it at that. But there you go.
0: Now I don't actually own a PS3 either, but I did buy one last December, which I ended up returning because it crashed and lost a whole bunch of data because I wanted to play all the big titles the last year so I could actually make a year-end list with some writers integrity for GamerNode definitely. Uh, so from what I played Metal Gear Solid 4 is definitely my winner but then again I think are people like me really qualified to vote because I haven't played every PS3 game I've played a good handful of what I thought would be the best but I may have missed some sleeper hit because it wasn't marketed as well.
1: Yeah, I mean it's it's true. I mean, the majority of uh, titles I've previewed have actually been on the PS3 instead of the Xbox 360. And I own, um, I own an Xbox 360. Um, I'm not biased to Microsoft by any means. I mean, to be fair, Sony gave me Final Fantasy VII. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, you know, I'll never forget them for that. But at the same time. The only thing that stops me I think repeatedly from buying one at the moment is that I can't seem to find a first or third party controller for the ps3 that I feel completely comfortable with mm. probably because you know <laughs> I was a really small kid for a really long time so my hands were tiny so you know those big um, the big sides of the controller were quite easy to hold and but it's, it's become less comfortable for me as time goes on, but it's, it's still a brilliant console. Uh, inbuilt hmm. Wi-Fi, which is, for me, just, that's just good design policy really, I think Microsoft should take note of that. You know, build in your Wi-Fi, don't sell it for, you know, 60 pounds or however many dollars, cause I think that was, that was a bit of a financial low blow, I think, to people that were waiting for that console and have wireless internet, but there you go. As for... Yeah publisher of the year. It was Bethesda for me. Bethesda? For, yeah. For the reasons I've already stated really. I, I can't really expand on it much.
0: Well, they've really continued to support Fallout 3 with updates and expansions on a fairly regular basis. We had The Pit and Operation Anchorage and Broken
1: Steel, I think it just came out. Can I be really so, controversial? Go ahead. I haven't released any of this on the PS3. And I think it, oh. I think it's disgusting. I think, I think, in that aspect alone, they have a lot to answer for because everyone that's played Fallout 3 knows how depressingly uh, abrupt the ending can be. Especially, I didn't get there a, yet. A lot of effort, and it's very. I mean, there's a variety of them. Don't get me wrong. I'm not telling you anything definite, but I don't want to spoil it. But It's very abrupt and it upset a lot of people. But, you know, they fixed that with the DLC. But to have all of these don't... It's the concept of releasing a game and not supporting it in other places. I mean, with Valve, I can kind of make the same criticism because they released TF2 and they have really... You know, the Sniper and Spy update comes out uh, for PC this, this coming week. Or the yeah, it is this coming week, the twenty-first, I believe. And yet, at the same time, they've not really got round to doing it for the Xbox. Apparently, that's not a problem on their end. But even so, it's just, you know, you're you're kicking a little guy when he's down, and it's just, yeah. It's
0: nice to have equal support.
1: Yeah, I've not seen any of the Fallout uh, three DLC yet. I mean, I've seen it. I've seen videos. I've seen gameplay videos and things, but I've not played it <laughs> one because of money. And uh, Microsoft Point price checkers take note. Two, probably because I didn't really feel like I'd finished enough of the the, the game itself. For the same reason mm. I, I don't want to touch Shivering Isles content for Oblivion before I'm... Right. Told ...that I've done everything. Uh Retailer of the Year? Must have been kind of uh, weird for you, because that was mostly UK stores, I would think. It was. But before getting
0: to that, I wanted to say that if... If I didn't go with Bethesda, then I would go with EA Mm. because they've published many, many, many games in the last year. And a lot of them have been really solid, enjoyable titles. Mirror's Edge, Dead Space Spore, Warhammer, Mercenaries, Command & Conquer, Battlefield Bad Company, and so on. So if we want to punish Bethesda for not equally supporting consoles, I would go with Big Bad, Evil EA.
1: That's <laughs> true. I mean, EA are an awesome company and hopefully are not going to get bought by Apple. What, what mm-hmm. in the name of God, Apple, thing. there's this, there's this rumor going around that Apple want to buy electronic arts and mm-hmm. one side of my brain is saying, well, yeah, right. You <laughs> know, they're not going to let you buy them out mainly because you know, you are a brand that have really not supported very many games over the years, and now all of a sudden you want to buy one of the biggest games publishers in the world, that's just not... Well, that's their motive. Yeah, exactly, they're just, well, instead of expanding ourselves, we'll just buy someone that's already, you know, monopolized quite a large section of the market, but I give credit to AA for many, many reasons. One, one in particular for a game that I'll mention slightly later in the list...
0: Okay. Now I can move on to retailer. Yeah. <laughs> um, I would say Valve and Steam, because um, digital distribution is the future, and Valve is the king of digital distribution.
1: Shit, was, Valve, was Valve was Steam on the list for that? Yeah. Oh wow! I didn't realize. I feel really foolish. I mean, I put I put game because as okay. as a. Uh, as a Brit, you know, they were, they're, they're a really solid retailer. They do a load of pre-order goodies. They do, they're always stocked. They're very generous on, um, on, uh, cashing in for your stuff. So I'm, I'm quite happy with them. But Steam are just, it's, it is flawless digital distribution. I mean, Paradox Interactive are also doing a lot. They have digital.
0: The gamerscape.
1: Yeah. But no, Steam are fantastic. In fact, actually, if, Anyone listening reads uh, Edge magazine. I believe about six months ago, there was a really, really long feature with uh, Gabe Newell and a few other Valve employees on, uh, on the Steam platform and how it evolved and things. And I just think it's really worth taking a look at if you can track it down. It's probably on Edge Online, but it's it's really worth taking a look at simply because I think they've done such a fantastic job of really giving you the most for your money and really making you feel like you're not paying any more than you should have to.
0: Mm.
1: But Soundtrack of the year
0: um, Okay <laughs> I feel like I'd be lying if I were to choose a winner In this category because I don't really remember The quality of all the music In all of the games And it has nothing to do With sound effects because they're asking For best soundtrack meaning music So uh, I guess of all the games I'm familiar with Metal Gear Solid Had excellent music mm. And as did Braid And two human, and two human, and braid were both left off of the list again. That's true. Uh, So I'm gonna sort of semi bow out of the category with a tentative vote for MGS4.
1: Fair enough. For me, it was uh, uh, Mirror's Edge. Mm. I think the majority of people can remember um, Lisa Miskowski's. Yeah wonderful song that accompanied the game itself because the soundtrack to it is actually quite interesting because it's that song but then it's remixed by six different artists and Mm -hmm. it's not just random remixes from people you've never heard of these are people like junkie XL, teddy bears paul van dyke you know very sort of present musical entities and it was you get some really good remixes all the songs sound different and it's it's nice to hear in the same way, it was nice to hear all the songs from Final Fantasy VII again when they did Advent Children. Just right. this whole, you know, I've seen what you've done here, and I'm going to take it and turn it into something else. But it was it was an enjoyable soundtrack to, in my opinion, a a wonderful, wonderful game. Yeah, uh, that's
0: a good choice. I, th- I feel like the soundtrack in that game did really bring together the whole austere sort of environment. And drove you towards your eventual goal in every level. It it brought everything, put everything together well. Definitely. I didn't even think of that.
1: What about developers?
0: Um, UK developers. Uh Media Molecule, because uh, Little Big Planet. They did so many things right with Little Big Planet. Mm. It's really hard for me to ignore them.
1: That's true. I mean, for me, it was Rockstar North, due mm-hmm. to. Uh, GTA 4, and I love that. I love the fact that GTA 4 uh, originated from over here. I it, it's kind of, <laughs> of when you think about it, but at the same time, I think that the treatment of Nico and where he was from was different because of it. I think because in London, the sort of Eastern European presence is very big and very embraced. I mean, I'm I'm surrounded by Eastern European culture and. It, it was fantastic to see that as a protagonist because that's something I can identify with. You know, I'm sure you remember from being a New Yorker in the same way I remember from being a Londoner that multiple nationalities is really what constitutes a big city. And to see such mm-hmm. a range of nationalities in that title was fantastic. They did a really good job of the game generally. But I just thought that particular bit, for me, made them a great developer because they were very unbiased. There was no real stereotyping, it was more just a display of a wide variety of different cultures, different mindsets, but most importantly different mindsets within those cultures. Roman and Nico being obviously the best example of two people from the same village and the same town, same country, who were complete opposites. And I think it's nice to see an example from someone that isn't from there, that isn't, for example, you know, Africa and Resident Evil 5. That has no idea of culture, no idea of sort of differences between people. Bar you know, <laughs> who's trying mm. to cut the face off and who's trying to you know use an axe to part your spinal column. But yeah, that that was that was my choice for developer of the year. Excellent. As for the ultimate game of the year, you go first. Well, mine's Mass Effect, predictably okay. enough, and I'm not going to expand on that because uh, because we'll be here till tomorrow. So. <laughs> Mine's not on the list (laughs)
0: It's not on the list As a PC title Or a 360 title And I think that's a massive failure Of this entire Set of awards And the game of course Braid It's not on the ultimate game of the year list
1: Yeah it it is a massive shame I'm very 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 surprised That it's not coming up Simply because It really did a lot for the indie gaming community I mean, I suppose you could argue that various games this year have done that, but not in the way of Braid. And especially for uh, graphics, narrative, accessibility, the fact that Jonathan Blow really did put a lot of himself into... 200 grand into debt just to sort of bring this game to the forefront mm. of the gaming industry. I think it deserves to be on the list, but it's a shame that it's not. And finally, we have Xbox Game of the Year. For me, that was Halo Wars simply because it was the first console RTS, and probably the last in history that didn't completely... <laughs> what about yeah. you?
0: Yeah, I really liked Halo Wars as well because of the way that it, it brought the genre to the console in a very accessible way. But Braid was on the best Xbox game
1: list. <laughs> Fair enough. It's been interesting, I think, to see a variety of choices. I think golden joysticks would be very interesting to see who wins and who doesn't, and um, personally, I think Yumi are probably more than willing to uh, start a charity to send Jonathan Blow over and sneak him <laughs> into the event with a braid t-shirt. Or maybe just something along the lines of Carrie, he could stand on the stage and <laughs> pour blood all over himself and everyone could die. <laughs> but, oh no. <laughs>
0: nah, I, I'm not that upset really about it. Honestly, I think that awards maybe should be given by other developers who recognize their contemporaries and their colleagues for their achievements because they really know what goes into creating these things. And maybe other people who are qualified to give awards are those individuals who do play absolutely everything. I guess a lot of journalists uh, have a good opportunity to play the widest variety of games. But I feel like when it comes to user voted awards, you're not really getting a true picture, and it comes down a lot just to marketing. And I'm not trying to, like, take anything away from the general public because, you know, I'm just, I'm a regular gamer myself. But I just don't want to be responsible for snubbing anyone who actually deserved recognition. You know what I mean?
1: Definitely. I think that every single person on that list deserves recognition. I think all the people that weren't on the list deserve recognition. I think it goes without saying that without the great games, we wouldn't have a games industry, but without the bad games, we wouldn't have a games industry. Some are fantastic and some are fodder, really. I think it really does go to show what so many different developers can come up with in the space of a few years and then release in the space of 12 months. And obviously... Next year is, is going to be even harder because we're going to have games that could potentially be amazing and potentially be really, really similar and thus get disqualified. Um, like, I'm afraid, probably to say Bioshock 2 simply because at the moment the press seem to be reacting very negatively to it because mm. it's very similar to the original but at the same time I think it'll still top charts everywhere simply because it's a continuation of something we enjoy so much. But Yeah, the original was great. Yeah, and that's that. That would be my final thought for today. I think. Yeah,
0: I think you. I couldn't put it any better. That everyone on the list deserves recognition. Everyone who wasn't on the list deserves recognition, because everyone contributes. That was great. I have nothing original to add because Christos has done it so eloquently, and that would be it for GamerNode versus Node podcast episode two. Hope to see you around next time. Later.